Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Great to be with you here at the new studio. And uh, if you guys could just get the monitors at the right thing and then set it so it doesn't blow my eardrums out when we come on, that would be great. Just have it at the same level every day. Praise the Lord. Today, we are doing Supernatural Favor and 12 Reasons Most Christians Don't Have Any, Part 2. Supernatural Favor and 12 Reasons Christians, Most Christians Don't Have Any. Does the Bible talk about favor? The Bible talks a lot about favor. Proverbs 4, 8 is where we started yesterday. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you'll have a long, good life. I want you to write that down right in the beginning. Following God's commands guarantees a long, good life. That's not the only scripture. Psalm 91. Hey, Whitney, up in Minnesota, Stephanie, uh, everybody else watching on the app. Pastor Jeff in Connecticut, I've been watching you on Instagram. You're doing a great job. Jesse, Butler, Pamela, Ryan, Aaron, Brenna, and everybody else watching on um, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, Twitter. Good to see you. Love reading your comments. Um, Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in favor with God and man. And I want you to write that down. Favor with God and favor with man. That lets you reject all that, I call it ghetto, ghetto Christian teaching, that the more anointed you get, uh, nobody likes you. The first scripture, Crystal, was Proverbs 4, 8 and 9. Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in favor with both God and man. And I want you to write that down. Favor with God, favor with man. So that lets you reject all the teaching of... Um, how many, good morning in Nebraska. Well, the more anointed you get, how many know nobody likes you, nobody wants anything to do with you, you have to separate from everybody. There is a separation unto God, but Jesus had... 12 disciples, then you read about him having 70 disciples. You hear about multitudes coming to hear him speak. They threw him a parade before the crucifixion that we, uh, we commemorate on Palm Sunday. So there is, there is a part of the covenant that I will bless you and make your name great. God told Abraham. Abraham was a celebrity in his day. When kings wanted to go to war, they, they wanted to know what he thought about it and whether he would help them. So uh, you, you don't want to get into a version of Christianity that because I serve the Lord, uh, my, my husband doesn't want anything to do with me, my kids don't like me, because what you believe is what you'll replicate. Yes, there are enemies that, that you have, whether you're anointed or not anointed, and the more your anointing grows, the, the stronger the enemy you attract, you know? If I have a church of 20 people, I'm not going to have a CNN special on me. But if you're Joel Osteen, you have international news stories that try to paint you into a rotten human being that, that, that lives rich while other people are homeless or whatever. But 
You also attract people to you that are, and I've done a whole teaching on this, that many of you have watched, helpers of destiny. God doesn't just allow the anointing to attract powerful enemies and then tough luck. You also attract powerful friends and people that have been watching from a distance that want to step in and help you. And some of us, uh, some of you that are watching today, we, we have that kind of relationship. God's given you influence, and for some reason you felt to hook up with Adalis and I and stand with us in what we're doing. That's how it goes. Proverbs 16, 7. Supernatural favor and 12 reasons most Christians don't have any. Part 2. When a man's life pleases the Lord, he causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. What an interesting scripture. Love you, Pastor Sam, up in New Hampshire. When a man's ways please God, he causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's favor. So those scriptures, and obviously there's many more, are, are show, painting you a picture that when you please the Lord... There's a favor that envelops your life on the earth. You hear people say stuff like, normally we don't do that for people, but for some reason I, I just feel to do this for you. Good to have you, Robert, in Eldoret, Kenya. Pleased that you're watching. That's awesome. What is favor? Favor will give you in one day what others would work for for 20 years. Favor will give you in one day what others would work for for 20 years. Number two, favor will give you what money can't buy. Joseph could not have bought his way out of the prison to be prime minister of, of Egypt, second in command. There's, no, there's nowhere to buy that. Favor will give you what money can't buy. You can't buy a parade and force all the people of a city to lay palm branches in the streets and throw their jackets in the street for your horse to ride over. Jesus got that for free. Favor will give you what money can't buy. Number three, favor is not to be prayed for. Favor is a reward for proper decisions and proper conduct. And that's what I'm dealing with. Supernatural favor and 12 reasons most Christians don't have any, and this is part two, because most people, most, and I'm saying this as somebody that's been around Christians, the vast majority of my 41 years on this earth, most Christians don't know how to act around people. The modern day Christian, if they were Joseph and God by divine favor had them transferred from the prison to stand before Pharaoh, they would have been beheaded within 15 minutes. They would have asked for things they shouldn't have asked for. They would have spoke when they should have been quiet on down the line. Favor is not to be prayed for. Favor is a reward for proper decisions and proper conduct. And that's what I want to deal with. I want to deal with 12 uh, ways to behave. Thanks, Joshua. Qua. Where are you watching from? I'd like to know what nation you're in. Hey, hey Darlene in Orange County, California. Love you in California. People don't know how people can put up with living in California with the taxes and the liberal government. But if you go there for about two days and look at the scenery, 
they could turn it into the Soviet Union, and I, I would be tempted to live there. It's a beautiful place. We're in Nigeria. You don't have to give me your street ad address, but I, I, I know the nation, so I'd like to know what, what city you're watching in. So I'm going to tell you why favor flees from the life of people, of a lot of people. And then, you know, you can do a self-evaluation. And then also, if doors, if big doors have never opened for you, when they do open, you'll know how to act. Because as I mentioned yesterday in part one, many people, uh, their behavior would shut doors for them and has shut doors for them faster than God can open it. Good morning in the UK. Be new state. Glad to have you. So we covered, it started off as 10, and now it's bumped up to 12. Yesterday, we covered how every time you demand favor that hasn't been offered, it decreases that person's ability to help you. Every time you ask somebody for a ride and they're not offering you a ride, hey, Kauai in Hawaii, we love you in Hawaii. I've spent a lot of time preaching there. Thanks, Samuel. A lot of nice comments today. Yesterday we covered how when you go into a room or sit at a table, whether it's a board meeting or a dinner table, figure out who the main person is there, and if it's not you, shut up. Don't speak. The Bible says even a fool seems wise if he remains quiet. They, they used to tell children that they're only to, be, to speak when spoken to. That's a good rule when carrying into your adult life. Hey, Bo and Misty. Wera said, what do you say about the saying, favor is not distributed fairly? I've heard many ministers preaching this. It, well, it, it, that coincides with what I'm telling you. Favor is a reward for proper decisions and proper conduct. So everybody, I mean, clearly, if you go to a church with 200 people, all 200 people are not walking in the same level of favor. And it's not based on God portioning it out to people. It's based on how they behave. If somebody gave me a ride somewhere, I don't know why that would ever happen, but since I chose a terrible analogy, I might as well finish it. If somebody gave me a ride somewhere, my behavior in their car could be the difference between them saying, that guy will never step foot in my car again, or I want to spend more time with that person. I laughed the entire 20-minute drive to the airport or whatever. Favor is not to be prayed for. It's a reward for proper decisions and proper conduct. And that's why I'm teaching about decisions and conduct. Don't ask for anything that's not offered. I dealt with how you treat rich people. And we finished with, if you're not the main person at a table, keep your mouth shut. Then even when you're spoken to, what do you do for a living? What's your name? Thanks in Cape Town. We love you. I love South Africa. Yeah, well, uh, where I said, they said it in the context that some just have favor and others don't. No. There's nothing in everybody. Here's a great scripture that's, that's like a key scripture. 
Acts 10.34, I see very clearly that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. So I want you to write that down. God is no respecter of persons. Hey, Jessica, my sister in Canada, I love you. Looking forward to seeing you in person. I don't think it'll be too long. Um, God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for anyone. God doesn't distribute healing to some and withhold it from others. There's ways to access healing. There's ways to access prosperity. There's ways to access joy. There's ways to access peace. And the Bible outlines for you the path to all of those things. Supernatural favor and 12 reasons most Christians don't have any, part two. So we covered the first five. Let's try to get through these seven. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, we, didn't even, we got through four. No, five. One, two, three, four, five. So here's number six. Supernatural favor and 12 reasons most Christians don't have any. Number six, because they're cheap. Because they're cheap. No one forgets a cheap person. When you're a cheapskate, you leave an odor in the room that people don't soon forget. I heard a story from a, a multimillionaire who's a preacher. And he said it like irritated. That every day... After the meetings were over, he took his family out to lunch and the pastor out to lunch. And another minister asked if, they can t if he could tag along. Hey, would you mind if I come too? Which again is a violation of what I taught yesterday. So he already didn't want him there. But he said, sure. You know, most people aren't going to tell you, no, you cannot come. Don't eat with me. This, yeah, sure. But they don't want you there. So the guy's there. They order their meals and eat. And obviously, when the bill comes, nobody reaches for it and waits for the rich preacher to pay for it, which he does. Happens again the second day. Happens again the third day. Pamela said, I'm sorry I missed number one. It's, part one is on YouTube. I can't go back and, and reteach the day before. We'll just stay where we were there the whole time. So anything you miss, go back and watch part one. It's on YouTube for free and, and the app for free. Um. Day two, day three, day four. And he said, finally, on day five, they laid the bill on the table. And he said, I pushed it to that guy that kept tagging along. And I said, you pay for it. And he said, the guy looked stunned and he reached for his money and put it on the table and said, here's my, my, my part for my family. And he said, no, not your part for your family. Pay for the whole thing. So you know what that tells you? This guy that's probably worth hundreds of millions of dollars, if not, he's high, high eight figures. He, just because somebody has money doesn't mean they want to pay for what you're doing. And I, I dealt with this, um, I dealt with this yesterday, that Christians abuse rich people. You know, hey, let's go out to eat with him, and you know, he'll pay for it. He, he, yeah, he, the, that person does pay for it. But you, don't abuse rich people and don't be cheap. And don't be cheap. Be, 
because somebody has money. This is where I ended yesterday. That Christians all say they hate communism and socialism. I don't, they don't like AOC. They don't like Bernie Sanders. They don't like uh, anybody that's considered a socialist or a communist because it's against the Bible. But they operate as communists and socialists. Oh, you have the most money. You pay for everybody's meal. Oh, you have the most money in our church. We have a roof that needs built. Can you please give it? Just like Bernie Sanders feels like things should be done. If you want to stay poor, if you want to stay poor, keep having people buy everything for you. That's why actually in the kingdom of God, the rich get richer. Because they're giving and they keep increasing. That's why I made a point, which is no big deal now, but when I was starting out and I didn't have um, many meetings, I would take a stand that I won't come and preach somewhere for an honorarium. Honorariums aren't in the Bible. Honorariums are the church deciding how much money they're going to give you. The Bible says, let each man give as he's directed by the Spirit. Not reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a, a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Thanks, Terry. If they make faster jets, maybe I'll open a, a Revival Today church in California. We'll have a West Coast one finish here. We'll pick up the three hours. But I, I need them to make that supersonic plane that can go like an hour, and a, an hour to California, hour and a half. So we'd gain an hour. Let me, let me see how that would work. If I got done at noon here, yeah, you could do it. You could have a Sunday morning here and a Sunday morning basically at the same time in California. An honorarium, why did God institute offerings? Not to help the church, it's so people can give. And the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because the blessing stays with the giver. So offerings are actually instituted so the church people can be blessed. But if you, re if you remove the ability to give from the people, <laughs> look at all the missionaries that never teach the people to give. They just come back to America for six months every three years or whatever, raise the money for their ministry from Americans, and go back over and preach overseas. What do they say every time they come over? The people there are very poor. Come back three years later. The people there are very poor. Yeah. And you're never going to break them through. Because, and what happens in America? America, the Christians keep prospering because they're leaned on not only to give for their meetings, but to give to other countries. So the American Christian church keeps improving and increasing, and, and many places overseas where the people preach like that, the people never get blessed. Melody, this is not a Pittsburgh infrastructure discussion. That's your third post about public safety and housing authority. We're teaching the Bible. This is not a political discourse. I don't know what I've taught that, that made, you feel, made you feel like I want to hear about whining about the bridges and buildings in Pittsburgh. Mm. 
Nobody forgets a cheap person. Many, many preachers, particularly evangelists, are well-dressed beggars. There was a guy that told my father when he was starting off in the ministry, there's a way to do evangelism, and this guy was an older evangelist. There's a way to do evangelism where you'll never have to pay a dollar of your own money. Have the pastor pay for your travel, have the pastor pay for your hotel, which they're happy to do. Get your clothes dry clean before you leave and turn in the receipt and have them take care of all your meals while, while you're there. Now, if my dad would have followed that guy's advice, he'd be broke today. Yeah, you have other people pay for you your whole life, but they, God will bless them. And I, I don't know why many Christians... Good scripture, David. Proverbs eleven twenty five. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who refreshes others will be refreshed himself. Can I have a ride? I, I, my heart goes out to other pastors because I'm starting, hey, Monique, I'm starting to have this happen to me as a pastor a little bit. But I know pastors have it all, happen all the time. You know, somebody will text me. I'm coming to Pittsburgh like another preacher. I'm going to come to Pittsburgh and check out your church. Do you know any hotels I can stay at near the church? Do you not have the, you're communicating to me via internet. So did you ever think about Googling, going on Google Maps and seeing what hotels are near the church? It leads me to believe you're trying to lead the conversation into me getting a hotel for you, which makes me want to see you sleep in the street, to be honest with you. I'm happy to give. Our ministry gave over a million, well over a million dollars last year to other ministries and people, free and clear. Adolis and I, I know we gave 100,000 at one shot, so I know, I know we gave 200,000 or more over the course of the year, personally. I'm happy to give, but I'm going to tell you something. From an addicted giver, if I ever get the feeling like somebody's trying to get me to give to them, and manipulate me, it makes me not want to give, it makes me want to take whatever they have. Like, punch them in the head and take their, their things. It actually reverses the giving nature in me. I can't stand it. I cannot stand cheap Christians. I can't stand them. Can't stand them. I could hang out with an atheist, that's a progress. I'm telling. I'm not saying this for effect. I could hang out with an atheist that's a progressive blue Democrat that's pro-choice and everything else that I'm not, who's generous, than I would before a, a cheap Christian, because I honestly don't believe. Um, I honestly don't believe they're they're saved, because I don't believe you can be a Christian, and not have God's heart of generosity. I wonder. I wonder about... Um, do me a favor. Block that Stephanie lady. I don't need corrected by some random Facebook lady. She said gossip is a sin. I'm not giving any names, stupid. They're called examples. 
Go watch somebody else. Did fine for 21 years without you. I don't like people hitting around. That I'm not talking about, you know, homeless people. We help all. The, we feed 1,500 children every day in third world countries, and I'm happy to do it. And if they wrote me and told me I'm still hungry, I'd do, I'll do more. But if you're not a child, if you're a man and you're a Christian, you should be a producer. Is it not a Bible command to feed the hungry as a Christian? Clothe the naked? Minister to the poor? So a Christian has a command not to be asking. We're not supposed to add to the amount of needy people that are in the world. We're supposed to let God lift us out of that and empower us to help needy people. I want you to write that down. I'm not in need. I'm not in need. I want you... And I'm telling you, and again, I'm not saying it for effect, it will change your life if you refuse from this day forward to say, I have a need, I need, I, I've done my best, I still slip up, but I've, I've done my best to not say, I need a pen. I, I don't, I'm not going to say, I need anything. I'll say to somebody, may I commandeer your pen, or give me your pen and rip it out of their hand, but I will not say, I'm in need. David must have listened to me before. He wrote, I'm a need meter. That's right. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. I'll never want. I'll never be in need. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, not that I was ever in need. And if you feel you have any, take it to the Lord in prayer. Don't post it on Facebook. Does anyone know where... My husband and I can get a moving truck. We're mo yeah, at U-Haul. And you also know you can get it there. So quit disguising your begging by questions. Or can, if some people could agree with us in prayer that we'll be able to get a moving truck for our upcoming move. Just, just say, listen, can somebody donate a moving truck to us? You're not fooling anybody. It's irritating. It's irritating to be a 34-year-old or whatever like this. It's one of the reasons I haven't started a food ministry in the United States. We feed people overseas. Because I'm telling you right now, I, you know, I talk to a lot of ministers. If we were di distributing food, you know, for the hungry and a fight and somebody yelled at one of our staff members because they don't like the brand of bread that we're giving away, I'm, it wouldn't end well. If I caught wind of that, I'd lose it. And that happens in America. Churches run feeding ministries and people get in fights with the workers. This is the same kind of cheese you guys gave us last week. Don't you have different cheese? I'm telling you. I'd go from New Testament to Old Testament. I'd come down out of my office with a long beard with honey and locust cake in it a leather belt, and a camel hair robe, and a staff, and start swinging. 
You had macaroni and cheese last. You're not hungry if you're complaining about what kind of food it is. And I'm not wrong because when the Israelites complained about the food God was giving them, he gave them a different kind of food and made them eat it till they threw up. So I'm just like my dad. That's all. Some lady comes in in a Scooby-Doo faded t-shirt with her fupa hanging over her waistband complaining about the food we're giving out. It's going to be a problem. I'll feed your children and I'll duct tape your mouth shut. If this is being played in court in the future to prove that I have a temper problem, these are all hypothetical examples, Your Honor. Exactly right, Susie. How about this one? Is that my dress or are those my shoes? I'm telling you, man, if you want to never have any favor in your life, drop hints to people. Ooh, I would love shoes like that. And go to the freaking shoe store and buy some. <laughs> Karen said, amen, Jonathan, it's shameful. I was at a funeral this year, and they made food for the participants. Someone near me loaded up three plates of food to take home. Yeah, I've never understood the, the whole eating at a funeral thing. Nothing works up an appetite like seeing a corpse laying in a box. My grandma, we had her funeral in August. It didn't exactly work up an appetite for me. Well, there's my dead grandma. Speaking of which, I'm hungry. Well, that's America. You have people take sandwiches through the wake line. Hmm. It's a shame. <laughs> Man, seeing that dead body made me hungry. There's people in this chat, don't say who you are, that I flew to the church from where they are. I just made an offer to a guy from Europe that I met at, at, that's a minister. I said, take your wife to Pittsburgh. I'll take care of everything, including the flight from where he lives in Europe over here and back. I liked him a lot. So I, I'm not opposed to getting people hotels, but don't tell me I'm thinking of coming to your church. You know, as a minister I'm talking about, do you know any, what, any hotels I can stay at? I don't, uh, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make an enemy out of a potential friend. I don't like people like that. I've traveled. You understand, I've traveled for 21 years as an evangelist. I've never done that. I have the pastor say this to me the first day that I, that I uh, meet them. Where are you staying? You know why? Because I never asked them. I don't need to, what hotels are near your church? Go on Google Maps, search the church, and then go like this. And you see places in the area. Do you know where I can get a, a vehicle to use while I'm with you? Do you know any good restaurants in the area for when I'm hungry? You're just at, so people don't, they, they, in their mind, they're not begging, but I, that's why I'm doing this program to let you know, you're begging. Do you think Kenneth Copeland does that? 
Hey, I'm Kenneth Copeland. I was just wondering, do you know any places I can stay in the area? I was just thinking of coming over there. James said they're just trying to feel welcome. It's not a big deal. Yeah, then don't try to feel welcome. You either are welcome or you're not welcome. How you feel doesn't matter. Maybe the Lord's having me do these two days just to run off any of these people that are following our ministry. Trying to feel welcome. I've never gone anywhere and tried to feel welcome. <laughs> I, actually, I go out of my way to feel unwelcome. You know, I didn't really feel welcome there. Maybe it was because you weren't. <laughs> Nobody talked to me that whole dinner that I invited myself to. One, two, three, four, five, six. Don't be cheap. I hear you, David. David said anyone that comes to preach at our church, it would be a pleasure to host them and honor them. I agree. I took care of everything for Dr. Rodney when he came to preach, and I took care of everything for my Uncle Ted. This is the only month I've been a pastor. I treated them as well as humanly possible. If you, uh, if you were doing a night at the Bellagio, they would have done less for you than I did. But you know what the difference is? I invited them. They didn't invite themselves. There's a difference between a pastor inviting you as an evangelist to come preach and you dropping hints that you'd like to be around. Can't wait till, till you come. And then... We dealt with this yesterday. That's why we booted that one lady out. Jonathan, you're saying not to ask people for favor. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. And since that came up, I want, this is a key. Ask and you shall receive. It's not talking about asking people for something. It's a prayer scripture. Ask the Lord for the desires of your heart. Not people. Jeremiah 17, beginning at verse 5. Supernatural favor and 12 reasons most Christians don't have any supernatural favor. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Nehemiah chapter 2. Turn there with me. There's no way to say this without coming across as arrogant. I'm not arrogant. I'll, I'm going to sound arrogant. When people argue with me about these points in the comments, would you say that I haven't had any favor follow my life? Don't you think favor might have something to do with someone deciding whether it's this building, whether it's the last two buildings, I, what kind of list of millions of dollars of things that people felt with, that I've never met in my life 
to do for me. That's divine favor. I, I know what I'm talking about, and I'm trying to pass along some keys that are why it happened. And somebody want no, actually, no, I know what I'm talking, I have the proof of what I'm talking about. I don't understand, I don't understand what, what <laughs> you know, what I'm saying that you think's incorrect. And I have scripture for it, for all of it. Nehemiah, chapter 2. And I looked up the page number and I still can't find it. All right, here we go. Nehemiah 2, verse 1. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan. Sounds like a car sales event. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan. Or we'll do six months, 0% APR. During the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign. Thank God for Christian school. I know how to pronounce that guy's name. King Artaxerxes' reign. I was serving the king his wine. Listen to this. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. I had never appeared sad in his presence before. So when the king noticed I was sad, he said, what's wrong? You don't seem sick, so tell me what's wrong. You know, many people, if they ever appear, it would be the opposite. If they ever looked happy, somebody would say, what are you smiling about? With, but if you're sad, no, oh yeah, that's her. She, she's always down in the dumps. What number are we on? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number seven. Supernatural favor and 12 reasons most Christians don't have any. Number seven. If you're joyless, you'll never have favor. Nehemiah was a happy person. He got to the spot he was at. He had joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Where I said... Is praying for favor unnecessary when your behavior decisions absolutely wrong? Yeah, well, you know, you're wasting your time. It's like praying for God to bless you financially and refusing to tithe. If your actions don't line up with the word of God, and there's a flow of favor, and the Bible tells you how to get in the flow of favor. And I'm, I'm trying. Now, a few people didn't want to listen. But I'm telling you, these things work. Number seven, a joyless person will never have favor. If you're joyless, people don't want to be around you. People want to exit your presence. On the flip side, when you have joy, people don't want to leave you. Turn to Joel chapter 1. It's going to be right around verse 11. Joel 1. This is a powerful scripture. Thanks for spending time with me today. 
If you have joy, I've told Ram, and he's done a good job with it, and I'm telling everybody that does music at this church again, never close on a slow song. Play people out with the most upbeat song you have. How people feel when they leave determines how... Everybody's making up their mind when they walk out of church whether they want to come back or not. Have them leave happy. Don't play them out with a funeral song. And they haven't. But I'm stating it as a policy, a church policy. Close with a fast song. Joy. I don't know why it's like written into the to Christianity that every every service must close with with a slow song. I hated that on the road. I'd preach on joy, preach hard, have it upbeat, and then the pianist unask gets up and say, It's like, did you listen to anything I just preached? You, you know, there are happy songs. There's no scripture. There is a scripture. I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart and come into his courts with praise. There's no scripture. I shall not exit his gates with thanksgiving in my heart or, or exit his courts with praise. You can go leave out the same way you came in. Happy, singing, rejoicing. Trinity said, Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth spoke on that last night. Well, it is scriptural. Thanks, Becca. What a nice thing to write. Jamin said, life gets easy when you're experiencing God's favor in your life. Absolutely. Joel 1, 11. Be ashamed. No, verse 10. The field is wasted. Listen to this. Joel 1, 10. The field is wasted. The land mourns, for the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up. The oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers. Wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. Write that down. The harvest has died. The harvest you were supposed to get, it all died. It withered and died. The vine has dried up. The fig tree has withered. The pomegranate tree and palm tree have also withered. And the apple tree. All the trees of the field has withered. Why? Because joy in the King James. Because. Why did everything wither? Because joy has withered away from the hearts of men. Joyless, joyless people will never receive their harvest. It takes joy to access God's presence. God's presence won't stay in an atmosphere where there's no joy. Let's see who can get the answer to this first. Before Jesus raised the little girl from the dead, who did he send out of the room? I'll wait for your answer. Pastor Nicole McKay nailed it. The mourners, my sister, second place. Just like in our, in, in, um, amongst the, the children that my mom birthed. Um, 
No, I'm not kidding. Um, the mourners. Before Jesus could raise that girl from the dead, everybody that was mourning had to get out. He sent the mourners out of the room and then raised the dead. Pastor Joseph said, what if they sit in church with their arms folded and a frown the whole time? I'd give them a service and then, then I'd throw them out. That's a spirit. And you attack that like you attack witchcraft. It'll kill a church. It'll choke the life out of a church. They did a study in a business journal. I can't remember which one. The average employer would rather have somebody work for them who does a worse job, but they enjoy being around, than someone who does a much better job that they don't enjoy being around. I can tell you there's evangelists who keep a full schedule, who haven't had a miracle in 30 years. Nobody gets saved. Nobody gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. But the pastor enjoys being, they're refreshing for the pastor to be around. And there's other guys that have powerful ministries that are difficult to be around that nobody wants to have them in their church. Not that you got to pick one or the other. Imagine being anointed and happy. The jo joy comes from the anointing. true, Megan. Happens a lot. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown basically takes the, if you notice, and if you haven't noticed, watch from now on. He takes the first 30 minutes or so of every service and tries to run anybody out of the building that has that kind of spirit. I'm not talking. Now listen, many people's takeaway from what I just said would be to try to be happier. That's not what I'm saying. Try to make others happier. Leave people laughing and, and watch what happens. I'm talking everywhere you go. Make people laugh and watch what happens. Ask my nephew Jay when we were just in Tampa. I had every person in the Dunkin' Donuts laughing, the employees and the people waiting for their donuts. I, I don't, can't remember the first couple things I said, but then I turned everyone on my way out and I said, I don't want to creep all of you out, but I love every one of you. And they're just laughing. Nobody, you know, nobody talks like that. You sound like a lunatic. They laughed. They gave us stuff for free. I can't tell you how, many, how much favor I've had happen in my life from being, making people laugh rather than yelling at people. I mean, you know, if you're an employee somewhere and that company messed something up, lost a reservation, is that person going to want to help you because you told them, listen, you had the reservation, you lost it, I, I want this, this. No, they're going to be finding a way to get this person out of my face. I actually might go out of my way <laughs> to hurt them. For example, another preacher I know, the guy in front of him, Back when the people would take your bags outside, the, the sky caps or whatever they call them, and you could register for your flight on the, par on the sidewalk, this guy starts yelling at them that they messed this up, all this. I mean, berating the guy from American Airlines or whatever airline it was. The guy never yelled back, nodded his head, 
said he was sorry. And when he got all done, the preacher said, man, that guy, I apologize on his behalf. And I admire how you were able to listen to all that and keep your cool. He said, oh, that's no problem. He's going to Chicago, and now his bags are going to San Francisco. Yeah. That guy stood up for his rights, yelled at the guy. The guy stood and nodded his head <laughs> and sent his bags halfway across the country. But when you do it the other way, where you make people laugh, my flight got delayed. When me and Adonis were dating, I wanted to see her for dinner really bad. We had an appointment at her youth pastor's house. He was having a bunch of the um, young adults from the church over for dinner, and he invited me because me and Adonis had started dating, and I wanted to see her. It was like this time of year. So there was snow, and my first flight got delayed, and I had a connection in Washington, D.C. to go to Boston to have dinner with her that night, and now I'm going to miss the dinner, and I'm ticked because I'm in love, big, big time in love. So I walk over, and again, I know you're not supposed to say stuff like this this day and age, but it's, it was a large black lady. Now, I know there's no such thing as lady. We're supposed to be colorblind. Body size doesn't matter. And I understand all that. I'm just telling you, this was a large black lady who had just finished yelling at the first two people in line in front of me. This is Washington, D.C. This lady had authority. And the other people were trying to, like, I'm, I'm tired of this. And that lady was not having it. When it's my turn, she greeted me by saying, what? Well, because my first flight was delayed, my only chance of making the flight to Boston that would get me there in time for dinner, I was 33rd on the standby list. And it's not a big plane. So I'm likely not going to get on the plane. And the Lord gave me what to say. I said to the lady, I said, listen, that flight to Boston, I'm in love, and I'm meeting my girlfriend for dinner, and I'm 33rd on the standby list. She looked at me like she could have given two craps whether I was 133rd on the list. I said, um, so I said, no, it's not what you think. I know you have nothing to do with that. I just thought you should know that the 32 people that are ahead of me on the list are talking a lot of trash about you behind your back, and I wasn't going to sit there and listen to it, and I wanted to come and tell you. And for whatever reason, it struck her funny. She put her hands on her stomach and started laughing. And the next thing I know, my name goes to number one. And I made it for dinner to see a Dallas. Who knows? I may have never married her. There would have been no Camila. Make people laugh. They won't forget you. Bring joy into the room. Make your family laugh. If you're a man like me, does your family tense up when you come home? Some of us had fathers like that, and I'm saying us to be kind. My dad wasn't like that. But some of you had fathers where when he came home, you just knew, give him room. If you're playing video games, turn it off and go upstairs, let him have the TV, get out of the room. Because the best you could hope for is that he's going to be quiet what an awful thing to have your own family in fear of you, that you're going to blow up. And some of you might have come from homes where the, 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 your dad beat your mother, 
and you think you're doing pretty good because at least you don't hit her or shove her, you're not. People should light up when you walk in the room. Did you ever notice that when Pastor Rodney mentions me at the river, everyone just starts laughing? He doesn't even tell anything about me. I was with Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and you just hear the crowd start laughing. Because there's memories of me in insane suits, me saying insane things, insane stories that I've told. What if just bringing up your name made people laugh? Now, this isn't for everybody, but for me, Pastor Tom McGinnis from Long Island, if you bring up his name, he's, he's in heaven now. <laughs> it, it, just thinking about him makes me laugh. Some people are funny, like they say funny things, they know how to tell a joke. Tom McGinnis was just funny. He breathed funny. He looked funny. I haven't seen the purple suit in a while. Yeah, Adalis burned it in our barbecue, so you won't be seeing it. Pastor Tom McGinnis asked Benny Hinn in person if he does his hair in a blender. Now, if, if brother, brother Benny's watching, I'm not saying I approve of that. I would not say that. I don't have any problem with anything to do with you, appearance or otherwise, but that's funny. It's also funny that Benny Hinn's personal assistant had just asked everyone not to mention anything about Benny Hinn's hair. And he said, nice hair. Do you do it in a blender? Not for everybody, but that's kind of funny. Jesse Duplantis. I'm glad Brandon brought him up. Look at the power of joy. I don't know why anyone follows Jesse Duplantis' ministry. All he does is make people laugh. Yeah, try it. <laughs> First of all, it's not all he does. Most people never laugh, ever. Their husband's mean to them. Their children are mean to them. Their boss is mean to them. People in traffic are mean to them. The employees they encounter through the day are mean to them. If you have joy... Yana Paul said, I asked God to help me be funnier. He answered my prayer. Someone told me I should be a stand-up comedian. Total confirmation. I don't know who the person was that told you that, Yana, but they probably have brain damage. And I just wanted to tell you as confirmation that God in no way has answered that prayer. You're one of the least funny human beings I've ever been around in my entire life. And I just want to say that publicly. You have all the joy of an Al-Qaeda hostage video. Start at home. Make your kids laugh. Make people laugh at work. I'm not talking about being an idiot <laughs> and not working and just going around. I'm not, I'm not saying buy a joke book. Memorize something. Go around the office and try out seven minutes of new material every day. <laughs> You'll get fired. Yana said, the joy is down, 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 down in my heart. Yeah, way down. <laughs> Yana, on the face, you look like the people that got left behind from the last plane in Afghanistan. 
<laughs> you have the same facial expression as the people that were hanging on the wheels of the last plane. Anyway, and I mean that constructively. <sighs> we'll finish this, part three, tomorrow, shall we pray. Father, <laughs> first of all, any, any Kazakhstanis who, uh, female evangelists who may have had their hearts broken by today's broadcast, just pray that you would mend their broken hearts. And uh, for everybody else that's watching, I bless them. I pray favor would encompass them like a shield. In Jesus' name. I pray your hand would be upon them. I pray you'd open big doors for them that no man can shut. Let them have joy. Let them have generosity. And let their joy and generosity produce what those two things produce, favor. In Jesus' name. May they laugh more this year than they've laughed their entire lives. May they make the people around them laugh more this year than they've laughed in their entire lives. In Jesus' name. Say it out loud. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you for favor that encompasses me like a shield. Is that Psalm 512? If it is, I don't know. I must have pulled that out of my spirit. Of course, it might not be. But if it is, it just came up to me. Psalm 512. Yeah. Psalm 512. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him like a shield. That's your scripture today. Psalm 512. God will surround you as a righteous person with favor like a shield. Favor will do for you what money can't. Favor will do for you what a resume can't. Favor will do for you. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm living proof. A person with a high school education that has God's favor on their life will outperform somebody with two earned PhDs that has no favor. This month of February is declared your month of favor. There will be evidence of God's favor in your life this year. In Jesus' name. We'll pick this up tomorrow. I want to give you an opportunity to sow seed into the work of the Lord. For everyone that does, two very new books, less than a month old each of them. Raising Children with a Passion to Know and Serve Jesus Christ. My mother raised two children. She raised me with a passion to know and serve Jesus Christ. And she also raised my sister. And she writes about it in this book, Raising Children with a Passion to Know and Serve Jesus Christ. I'm going to send that to everyone who gives today. If you're a parent, you're going to love that. Even with that kid's cockeyed face on the screen. I think that kid uh, had an adverse reaction to the vaccine. As, a, as that came out of my mouth, I'm really hoping that's a stock photo and not two of my mother's friends. If it is, I just want to apologize to all families involved. In fact, even if it's a stock photo, I apologize to whoever's kids those are for 
my comments that were out of line. It will not happen again. I pray you forgive me. How to dominate in a wicked nation. Lessons learned from the life of Abraham. That's my newest book, less than a month old. I'm going to send both of those to everyone. <laughs> my mom's ready to go. Mom, stock photo or friends? My parents are going to have to further distance themselves from me. I'm like their Hunter Biden. <laughs> Here's the ways you can give. Hashtag donate on Facebook. Oh, good. It's a stock photo. Praise God. Because that kid's ugly as sin. Hashtag donate on Facebook. Um, <laughs> you can text. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb on the comment says reminds me of the first time I met you you said has anyone ever told you that you have the grin of a criminally insane person then you threw a mini Snickers at me well, I apologize. It's probably a good thing I don't drink, because that's the behavior <laughs> of a raging alcoholic. Hashtag donate on Facebook. You can text RT to 50155. Uh, cash app, dollar sign RT give. Venmo, at RT give. PayPal, revivaltoday.com. Slash PayPal. The easiest way to give is up th at the top there. Revivaltoday.com. Just go to the website, revivaltoday.com, and click Give Now. Oh, Caleb, I know who you are. You have a little, you have a smaller picture, I get, I, you, and I stand by everything I said. You look like you, the type of person that has bodies buried in your crawl space at your, at your home. And I mean that, I mean that constructively. Uh... Amy said, I would love for you to throw me a Snickers. That's a weird thing to write, but if I see you, I'll drop back in a three-step drop and fire a Brett Favre-like, tight-spiraled Snickers, full, a king-size, right at your head. So tell your husband ahead of time so he doesn't assault me that you asked for it. Uh, if you want to give by cryptocurrency, you can scan the QR code. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anybody else that's on here? Now that the fast is over, doesn't it feel better to know that you can eat than the actual eating itself? It's just nice to know you can if you want. And then if you want to mail it, Revival Today is who you make it out to. P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. Don't forget to claim your offer at revivaltoday.com. Claim my offer. If all that's too confusing, just call... 412-446-2332 or plus one, 412-446-2332. Yeah, we do take Shiba Inu, but you're going to have to call because if it's not one of the ones that's listed on there, then you have to call and do it by phone. Can you make segments just to roast people? I don't, when, when would I do it? I'm already on three times a day. No, good job anyway, Pamela. Patrick said you're not coughing anymore. That's right. As I told you, it was just a, a small cough. It was not a demonic assault against my life. 
Thanks, Drea. No, I haven't been. I'm just in a good mood. Um, thanks for giving. Anyone that gives 10000 or more, we challenge 66 people to do that. We're at 61 who have. So the final five people, I'm going to send you uh, 66 books as a way to say thank you. And I'll say thank you vocally right now. There's the books we'll send, some of the books, 66 books that I believe every Christian should read and that will change your life. Uh, finally, miracle service this weekend and communion service. Miracle service Friday, communion service Saturday, church Sunday. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, get here. It's our three days of spiritual emphasis and it's going to be awesome. Friday, 7 p.m., Saturday, 6 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m., at our church. I like how on the graphic it doesn't tell anywhere where it's taking place, but uh, I'll fill in the blanks. It's at our church, Revival Today Church, and the address is not on the screen. But you can go to pittsburghchurch.com. I love you. I will see you on Friday. And I'll see you for prayer in just a handful of minutes. Love you in Ireland. Love you all. You're a great blessing. Love you, Chopper and Gina. Great meeting you this, this last year. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.